Peter, Ed, when I listen to that last piece, it strikes me as a story of progress. Dearborn scene, diversification, the emergence of different mosques. It sounds very much like the story of Christianity and Judaism in America. But of course, on the other hand, you've got profiling of Muslim Americans after 9-11 and, of course, the events of recent weeks where Donald Trump called for a ban on Muslims entering the United States. So, look, we've got 18th and 19th century guys around here to tell us about the long history. Is this a longstanding pattern in the way Americans deal with religion? Yeah, absolutely. That is the American story. And I'll give you one example. We like to think that uh, white Protestants, um, they get a pass, don't they? Uh, Bill of Religious Freedom. But take the Quakers of Pennsylvania in the American Revolution. This was not only an accepted group, it was the dominant group. It was the Quaker province. Yet, because of their testimony against war and because of their loyalty to their king, King George III, that is, they were good British subjects, as all Americans were supposedly before the American Revolution, then they were tainted. They were, there was a suspicion. And because there was a war. <laughs> yeah, there's a war. And so this wasn't just uh, vague sentiments, you know, right. don't trust Quakers, or uh, if they don't swear and, and they just affirm, kick them out the door. No, they were sent to uh, a kind of internment in Western Virginia, Pennsylvania, out of harm's way. You know, and at the same time, Peter, and Brian, you had the story running backwards. Uh, the Statute of Religious Freedom in Virginia is generally created to protect people that we now think of as being the dominant religious yeah, faith. Yeah, Who right, was yeah. that? Southern yeah, Baptists. Baptist they were in charge, too, where well, they no, are now. No, no, they well, were in jails no. where they were. <laughs> so uh, in, in the late 18th century, Baptists were jailed for threatening the established political order. But then— in the same revolution in which the Quakers are pushed aside, the Baptists are embraced because they need them in order to defeat the British. So there you have a case of suddenly an ostracized group becoming a mainstream group that today is the most mainstream of all. So it runs in different directions. You were talking, both of you, about the way that external relations can suddenly switch things. If you want to think about a group that seemed to have it made, who really kind of figured out the American story and that was winning in every way, you might think about German-Americans until it comes to be 1915. And then suddenly (laughs) World War I comes and they're ostracized. So are we struck by the fact that there is always this threat that Peter is talking about, or mm-hmm. that there's always this possibility of inclusion that you're talking about, Brian? I tend to be an optimist on these kinds mm-hmm. of things, Ed. I, I think of the progress that American Catholics had made, especially on the patriotic front. I do think there yeah. are rough moments, but we tend to overcome them. I, I think the point is, Brian, in times of crisis— existential crisis when the very survival of the nation seems to be hanging in the balance, then there's a lot of pressure against multiple allegiances and loyalties and identities. You got to be an American first. And that claim that everything has to give way to your patriotic identification with this country is one that can be and has been turned against many different groups. And I, I think the answer to that and the thing we're talking about here is two ideas of what America is all about. If you can't be 
the person who has multiple identities, who can't pursue your own happiness, can't worship your own God, then is this America? So, guys, it strikes me that sort of the greatest strength of the United States, its multiplicity, in moments of crisis, is tested to see if it's actually going to become one of our greatest weaknesses. And I think the point is that any group could be identified as a potential threat. Nobody's safe from that. I think that's the story we get in looking back at American history. Every group is vulnerable, and I recur to the case of the Quakers. You'd think that they'd be comfortable. They were wealthy and prosperous. It was their colony, Pennsylvania, Penn's Woods. Yet uh, the world changed during the American Revolution. Well, our world's constantly changing, and who knows what groups will be vulnerable to this kind of criticism, this kind of attack, this kind of threat in the future. 